Welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz, today we are talking about Loki. We're doing a Loki season one retrospective. And a little bit on season two because the first episode's out and we might as well talk about it. Why not? <laughs> so when's the last time that you watched Loki season one? Okay, so I just rewatched it for this, obviously, but before this, the last time I watched it was when the finale was coming out. When the f finale of the first season, I rewatched the whole season, and then I watched the final episode. And I have not watched it since then. <laughs> See, I watched it just week to week as it came out, and then I yeah. didn't watch it again. I loved it, but I just didn't feel like going back to it. And then it was about a month ago when I rewatched it, and it... It's incredible. It's just, it's so good. It really is. Like, I think a few of my opinions have changed on it. Um, and I wasn't expecting that to happen. But something that has stayed consistent is that this is the best Disney Plus Marvel show to have come out. I think I will always have a huge spot in my heart for WandaVision. And it is my personal favorite. But in terms of a coherent storyline, um, coherent uh, themes and picture, like um, aesthetic and just the, the way that the story is told, it is the best made and the best to watch. It's the best story to watch unfold, in my opinion. I'm processing it right now because there's a lot of other shows like Disney Plus properties that i really loved but loki season one easily had the best finale but it's it doesn't even all come down to the finale the finale is amazing mm -hmm. but it is the i'm gonna say it a lot but coherence it's the coherence of the storytelling it feels like it's not one of those that feels like one big big long movie okay the um like a few of the ones that i <laughs> can't remember because honestly they're not that m worth remembering probably Maybe like... another show that we'll be talking about later by the name of yeah. ahsoka <laughs> maybe <laughs> but there 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 are these you know um shows that are part of these huge universes that come out and they feel like just really really drawn out movies like why did this need to be a show it has too much going on it didn't it didn't need all of this to tell its story loki doesn't feel like that uh, it has distinct episodes. You can tell like, oh, this is the episode where this happened. This is the episode where this happened. They don't all blend together. But it also doesn't feel completely disjointed from each other. Not that a show like WandaVision does seem disjointed. It does all have a theme and it does follow um, a, a story that Definitely. is an incredible story. But... It is tonally inconsistent with its finale. But something like WandaVision has a consistent theme and message and story that it's trying to tell across different mediums. It likes to play with different types of television. And it's doing a meta-commentary on the way that television has progressed and been made, especially sitcom television. And that was which amazing. Is, 
It was amazing, but it is totally inconsistent with the overarching superhero story mm -hmm. that ends in a big flying battle with with them throwing sparks at each other. Like it, Just oogly boogly if it, lightning. If yeah, if it ended in a different way, it would. Whatever. This is not talking about WandaVision, yeah. but as as a reference point, Loki has distinct episodes, has um, streamlined storytelling and um coherent themes and it is consistent and that's what i really value about it as we're talking about this should we go through it chronologically absolutely absolutely i mean the first episode i think it's called glorious purpose glorious it's, purpose uh, yes <laughs> just introducing us to this the tva which has this you immediately understand what aesthetic they're going for once you see it and it sticks mm -hmm. by it. Yeah. Well, the, I think the best part of the, sh of the like, opening episode is that it starts with Avengers Endgame. It starts <laughs> from a with a direct scene from Avengers Endgame. And you're like, I knew this was going to come back into play, obviously. It had to. But, but it's so funny to just see this version of Loki because... In case anyone is not aware, <laughs> this version of Loki that the TV show follows is not the version of Loki that we follow in the movies of the MCU. This Loki, uh, this is the Loki pulled out of time right after he was the big bad <laughs> in the first Avengers movie in 2012. <laughs> he hasn't had any of the character development. He has no character development. He doesn't uh he doesn't value his family or his brother he has not sacrificed himself <laughs> to uh destroy thanos this is not our loki this is a different loki who is very very selfish still not that other not that the other loki wasn't selfish but he became he learned to become mm. less selfish. I feel like they fast forward through a lot of the character development in the first episode, but it all works. Like, yeah, I no, that's what it. I was going to say. That was one of my, I wouldn't say complaints, um, because I, I was never mad at it. But the first time I watched it, that was definitely sitting in my head. And I was like, oh, they just zoomed through his character development by <laughs> making him watch a pretty slideshow of his life. And yeah, so when I was watching it this time around i still noticed you know obviously you can't not notice it he's watching a slideshow of his life <laughs> mobius okay wait now that it's come up for the first time mobius owen wilson amazing character i undoubtedly will accidentally call him morbius multiple times <laughs> we just have to get over it i mean the okay? name shouldn't I be keep so doing similar. it they're so similar <laughs> they shouldn't be so anyway, so he gets picked up by the TVA. He goes through this bureaucratic nightmare hellscape <laughs> of being stripped of his humanity, you know, as bureaucrats often do. He's worried that he's a robot and he's just going to disintegrate. Yeah. Love that moment. Because, because it's great because it shows who Loki is. And Loki, above anything else, values self-preservation. <laughs> Even if he, that being was a robot and he didn't know it he doesn't care he wants to live and that <laughs> makes him loki and i love that um and then he meets owen wilson mobius not morbius and you know 
Mobius is just a guy. He he loves jet skis and he is obsessed with Loki, like a lot of us are. Mm -hmm. uh, like anyone who went to Hot Topic in 2013. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he he's just like your everyday detective and he's just so fascinated with loki a because he's trying to catch one but also he's just he likes poking at him mm -hmm. he's like a he's a he's an analyst at the tva he's a yeah. loki analyst <laughs> and um yes it is revealed that he is learn trying to learn more from this version of loki because he is trying to capture a variant a variant of loki Mm -hmm. who has uh, been terrorizing the TVA for a long, long time. And I still remember the mystery and the intrigue around who or what is this Loki. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people knew because there were set photos leaked of a female Loki in this show. But still, I remember that reveal at the end of episode two. And we're kind of getting yeah. ahead of ourselves as we're chronologically. I, I don't think it, we are. But... I mean... I don't think we are. I think it's that's the next thing. Like mm -hmm. the very it's it is kept in mystery for a while. They keep their he their hood up and they're all mysterious and stuff. And people were theorizing. I do remember that people were theorizing. Oh, it's going to be Lady Loki. But um, so Lady Loki from the comics is a very different character than yes this variant of Loki who calls herself Sylvie. This mm -hmm. Sylvie and Lady Loki are very different. Do you yeah. want to? talk about that a little i feel like yeah sylvie is very much a new character that they've brought on like obviously she's like a combination on... yeah she's like a combination of lady loki and the enchantress right a little bit i've never even heard the comparison to enchantress but i do like that because obviously Wait. her whole thing is enchanting people yeah but is it like it, it's not the DC Enchantress. I don't know what the Marvel Enchantress is. No, there is a Marvel but... <laughs> Enchantress, and it, it's just yeah. like a Thor villain. Yeah, okay, I think that was the... Because re I'm remembering back to like a bunch of video essays I watched <laughs> back when this was coming out, and I think that was the thing that people were like, oh, she's a combination of, of those two characters. But Lady Loki is not uh, a variant of Loki who was born a woman in the comics. Mm. Um, that's who Sylvie is. Sylvie was born as a woman, uh, or as a girl, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Whereas from what I understand, like in the comics, Lady Loki, like in Norse mythology, is just Loki being gender fluid. Yeah. So in the comics and in the source material, which is Norse <laughs> the mythology, <source> material. Loki, <laughs> <laughs> the sacred texts. The sacred texts of the Norse people. Um, <laughs> um, Loki is gender fluid. Um, Loki. Not even gender. As... He, he turns into a, a wolf, a horse, a snake. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't really give a shit about gender <laughs> in Norse mythology, really, but especially Loki. And Loki, uh, Loki turns into a horse because he finds this other horse really attractive and to become impregnated by that horse. <laughs> That's the reason that they turn into a horse, I'm pretty sure. And um, he also they... does the same thing with a snake, and that's how you get the world serpent, because the world yeah, serpent is sure. his kid. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, the world serpent and uh, Fenris. Yep. Um, the wolf that causes Ragnarok in Norse mythology. <laughs> um, no, this and, is all real. And there was one time when when they uh, they impersonated a bride on her wedding day i don't remember what the context was but there is like lots of art of loki walking down the aisle in a wedding dress is it to thor it's i don't think it's to thor but it's definitely something to do with thor (laughs) yeah because also in norse mythology loki and thor are not brothers loki (laughs) is a blood brother with odin in norse mythology yeah Anyway, I know a lot about Norse mythology, but that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) But I do love how they play a little bit with Norse mythology in Loki, the show, because obviously you have to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they obviously pulled more from the comics. Like, it's a very brief showing, but I think in episode five or something, you see President Loki, which I thought was Mm going to be a much bigger part of it, I think, because it was in the trailer. But that was just fun to see. And and Frog Thor frog thor with his one line which was recorded by chris hemsworth excellent and there was a deleted scene that was supposed to be in it yeah i remember seeing that recently i would have loved (laughs) to see that but still his little part where he's trapped in a jar love that it's so funny anyway okay so so we meet we meet the variant that mobius is after not Morbius. And <laughs> it is Sylvie. She is, you know what really threw me off? I never really noticed this the first time around, but this time I was looking at it a lot. And I was like, her face shape and Tom Hiddleston's face shape are very similar. They did really good casting. Like their faces, if someone told me that they were brother and sister, I would believe I never even thought about it until I was watching the season two premiere last night. And I was just like, those guys, they look so similar. My God. They look really similar. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously they look similar because they're the same person. Um, Mm. But, you know, we'll get into that in a second. Hold on. (laughs) Um, So there is Sylvie's plan is to bomb the TVA. That goes off pretty well. She does that. She's a queen. No, she's a <laughs> goddess. Uh, <laughs> and then some shenanigans happen and she and Loki get uh, stranded on a planet called Lamentis. The way that Mobius, I almost did it. I almost said Mobius. The way Not that Mobius. Mobius and Loki find uh, Sylvie in the first place is by realizing that she is hiding out in apocalypses because if the world is going to end, the TVA cannot detect any changes to the timeline because it doesn't affect anything because (laughs) they're going to explode anyway. Like, the world's going to end. Nothing matters. Uh, (laughs) And they have a great visual of that, and they ruin Mobius's salad. Yeah, they test it in a really funny way. That that was the theory, destroying Mobius' salad, and they test it in a really funny way by going to Pompeii and just (laughs) wreaking havoc. Uh... (laughs) And so anyway, so Loki and Sylvie get trapped in an apocalypse on a planet called Lamentis. Um, And they have to figure out a way to get off the planet. Uh, Their plan does not work. This, they get very sad. (laughs) Um, This series is a lot um, about getting into the mindset of Loki, who is a self-proclaimed narcissist, which is really interesting mm-hmm. because um, 
Loki is a narcissist who hates himself and he 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 says this one thing to Mobius in the first episode and he says um it's an illusion conjured by the weak to inspire fear something he he says that something about the TVA and then later he reveals that that's actually about himself mm-hmm. and that and that he, perfectly the, sums up Loki's character it really does like the illusion he doesn't enjoy hurting people his persona of the bad guy is an illusion conjured by the weak to inspire fear. And I was like, I love that line. <laughs> it's very good. Um, and so when you have two Lokis together um, who are at their core the same person but were raised under very different circumstances, it becomes very interesting to see what how that narcissism takes hold in different ways Mm -hmm. i think because they're so similar and so different in so many ways Mm -hmm. and i I do love exploring that and i feel like the most we got of that was on lamentus though the Mm -hmm. one note i have about this episode is wow what a one take at the end of it where it's oh yeah i don't even know how long it is it's not exactly a one take they i was able to identify a a few hidden you know stitches but the way that they do it is really is really excellent and Mm. uh they spoilers they do it again a little bit in the first episode of season two there it's like a little tease and i'm like (laughs) yeah i love the one the i just love good filmmaking Mm. and And that's one thing we (laughs) haven't really talked about yet i feel like loki is a step above filmmaking wise and obviously wandavision had a lot of spoof filmmaking but Mm -hmm. loki's just like premiere television it really feels like that it really does um it doesn't a lot of these other disney plus shows feel like they're half-assed feel like Mm. they are people well first of all it feels like people are underpaying and rushing the visual effects teams which they absolutely are yeah, that's the uh, truth of it. But mm-hmm. what we see at the end of the day is just a half-assed show. Yeah, it feels unfinished. It feels rushed. It doesn't feel... It feels like a corporate machine-made product. It doesn't feel like art. Loki feels like an artful show that people have passion for and want to put their own twists and aesthetics on. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it is just here to expand the universe it feels like it has a story to tell and Um, i mean we're generalizing because like mood knight had some great batman style shots and miss marvel had some snappy editing but overall loki is really just a step above it really is as and you know i said the thing that i am gonna keep saying it's (laughs) consistent and that is the difference I think Every that is the big difference. Every episode is so watchable and you are so intrigued and in mm-hmm. the story. Yeah, because like, so when you search for Loki on the <laughs> internet, it shows you like, oh, people also search for WandaVision, Moon Knight, Secret Invasion, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Those are the four that popped up, right? Mm-hmm. And just out of those four, none of them are consistent in no. their filmmaking, in their thematic uh, visual styles, in their storytelling methods not in a lot of things (laughs) and it 
like for me falcon and the winter soldier it all blends together i i could not pick out an episode of that to save my life which is why it should have been a movie but we we've talked about that anyway yes so um loki and sylvie are on lamentus they're sad they're talking about their lives and how depressed they are and how loki's are always destined to fail and destined to be alone and then all of a sudden at the tva they start detecting a nexus event um something causing a branching timeline and it is caused by the Lokis and it is revealed is because they started to have feelings for each other and were maybe about to kiss a little um that the TBA stepped in and said no sir no kissing on my watch that's some level of narcissism <laughs> yes oh it's <laughs> it's an incredible <laughs> level of narcissism yeah Mobius comes in and is like falling for yourself damn <laughs> <laughs> I will say the only negative I have about this show, and one thing I'm a little worried about for season two, is I never really felt mm-hmm. a chemistry between Loki and Sylvie. Like, I I fully believe that they are friends and that they are going to help each other's goals, but every time that they kissed or got close, I I never really felt that emotion. I don't know. Mm. Maybe you did. I, I, I just didn't. I I did. I, I bought their romance. Um, their romance wasn't what I had a problem with. My my original, when I first watched this, my original problem with the show was um, using Sylvie as um, the villain character and having, ugh, I didn't even know how to articulate it correctly because I don't think this anymore <laughs> i mean um, in in some ways she's kind of just a stepping stone to kang slash he who remains right well i mm, i don't think it's she's a stepping stone she is she begins as loki and mobius's antagonist but then very quickly the tables turn and she and loki become the driving force the protagonists uh, with mobius um also protagonist but you know in the b plot yeah um he's a side character yeah uh and it because it feels like the focus as soon as she's fully introduced it feels like the focus shifts and being like well this show is called loki she is loki this show is about her and i like that a lot and I think um, we both texted each other the night of the episode airing where Loki gets pruned. And for like five minutes before that after credit scene of that episode, you're like, maybe mm-hmm. the Loki, the protagonist is now Sylvie. Like Loki's yeah. gone. Maybe Sylvie is now going to take the rest of the show. She is Loki. That <laughs> that would work. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I do remember texting you. That. <laughs> That's funny. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So my back then, like, what was it? What, two years ago now? I think Whenever so. this first came Goodness. out, two or three years ago. Time um, <clears throat> I thought that taking Loki out of the context of the Battle of Manhattan and then immediately making him the hero and having his antagonist be a female version of himself, I thought that that was sexist (laughs) i thought that i did not enjoy it at first and um i thought oh they just want um 
they want to have Loki as the villain, but they would need Loki to be the protagonist. So, oh, let's make a female version of him who's crazy and who wants to destroy the TVA. That's how mm. it felt at first. Like, that's how I felt when the show was airing week by week. But once it had all come out and was a cohesive show, I didn't feel that way anymore immediately because I understood Sylvie's arc and Sylvie's mm. story. And, you know, jumping a bit ahead, the show ends with... The season ends with Sylvie making a huge decision that changes everything. Yes. And uh, I thought that having her make that... There were a lot of people who thought having her make that decision was bad, showed that she was stupid, showed that they needed a Patsy Loki to make the wrong choice so that Tom Hiddleston Loki could come in and save the day and make the right choice. I don't think that at all. I yeah. thought that it was purely within her character to make that choice and completely necessary by the story because what what else was gonna happen yeah and she went to that place for that purpose but yeah we'll, exactly. we'll get to it but i feel like i want to talk about episode four just in that it felt like a culmination of a lot of story arcs in that show which left episode five and six to be like picking up the pieces which i mean in the best ways because yeah. we saw the timekeepers and they're revealed to be just wizard of oz man behind a curtain which i had a mm -hmm. feeling was the case but seeing they're, that happen yeah. still had my jaw dropped exactly they're not real loki sylvie mobius and hunter b15 who is also now on the team of, totally uh, against the name. tva i yeah. can't believe her name is that. i I'm reading it. That's the only reason oh, I'm reading yeah. it off the internet. That's the only reason I remember. <laughs> I, I think I was her, just calling her, her name is, in my head. Her name is a letter. There's no, and a number. There's no way I would have remembered that if I wasn't reading it. <laughs> uh, anyway, they all go against Judge Ramona. That's it. I remember that one. Judge was, Ramona. I was going to say Renslayer. I'm pretty sure is her oh, last yeah. name. Oh, yeah. Her name is Ramona Renslayer. That's right. <laughs> I remember it because Ramona Flowers, even though she has nothing to do with Ramona Flowers. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, Ramona, got it. <laughs> um, So they go against Ramona Renslayer, comma, judge, and <laughs> fight. Um, And it's revealed that the TVA has been... Everybody at the TVA has been lied to. They're all they're all variants who have been taken out of time and their memories have been wiped. And uh, then at the end, oh yeah. So also in that episode, Mobius gets uh, Mobius gets pruned. Pruned. Thank you. I was gonna say probed, and I was like, that's not right. Um, pruned, that which would be means so he much gets worse if Mobius he gets got probed. Yeah. Up until this moment, pruned was the language to mean destroyed, disintegrated, removed from the timeline. Mm -hmm. um, and then also Wait. in this episode, Loki, Tom, comma, Tom Hiddleston, gets <laughs> pruned. Um, and... Which I mean immediately I thought was weird because just in physics you can never destroy matter. It still exists. Mm -hmm. But I really, really liked the explanation of it's just teleporting them somewhere. And yeah, I feel like well, that's where we're leading to episode, I think, was it five? Yes. Journey into mystery. 
Yes. <laughs> and I did love this episode. We talked about Frog Thor, and I think they have the Thanos copter in this episode too. I think so, yeah. <laughs> they also have the Pizza Planet truck, which is wild. <laughs> <laughs> so many Easter eggs. There's the Living <laughs> Tribunal. It's amazing. Yeah. Every little thing that they could have, they probably put in. Yep. There's every possible version of Loki you could think of. There's kid Loki, there's classic Loki, there is uh, crocodile Loki, there's <laughs> Lokis that betray each other left and right, um, and, and... And then, and then they have, they all have the audacity to say, uh, to listen to Tom Hiddleston say, I met a woman version of us and I'll go, ew, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> we know they're and all I'm like, interested. I'm like, how dare you? You are all, you are all supposed to be gender fluid. How dare you be like, ew, disgusting, terrifying, a woman. <laughs> what? Crazy. Yeah, I think Crazy a brawl Loki's. goes out. The original Loki, I hope I'm getting his name right, Richard E. Grant. Just yeah. so fun to see. And he's That's mastered good. illusions and he's really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um and, But the whole episode is leading up to them trying to enchant Elias, the the cloud dog, I think is his yes, name. Yes. Them being Sylvie and Loki, um, are trying to get past this big Timeline eating monster, Elias. Because <laughs> everything's sent there to Elias so that he can yes. just eat it all. And they think that whoever they're looking for, whoever made the TVA, is behind uh, Elias if they can get past him. It. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they enchant it. Sylvie teaches Loki how to enchant things, which he did not know how to do, which is uh, strange that he didn't know how to do that. Because that's basically what he was doing to Clint through all of the Avengers. <laughs> Though he did have he, the help yeah, he of did it one through of the Infinity the, Stones. Yeah, he did it through the Mind Stone. I got it. But I was like, <laughs> if you have the power in yourself to do that and you're seeing a stone do it, wouldn't you, like, figure out how to do it? You would at least I try, feel like right? It. Yeah. <laughs> I would try. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I Although I feel like controlling people is definitely a villain power. But yeah, hey, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you gotta I... take the superpowers you can get. The thing is, is get like back to what I was saying about Sylvie before. Um, how I felt about her when I first saw this show, and how a lot of people felt about her. It wasn't just me. Um, it was, it was, the first few episodes framed her as a villain, as the villain of this show is going to be, uh, Sylvie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and once you get past that and you realize, oh, she's not a villain. <laughs> the villain here, I mean, Loki is a villain. All of the things that Loki's, he's not a villain in this show, but Loki is a villainous person. He's just person. a bad guy. Yeah, all of the stuff that he's done. Um, <laughs> he's a villain. But Sylvie never did any of that kind of stuff. The only thing she ever did was defend herself and try to destroy the organization that's been hunting her her entire life. I mean, we kind she... of get the summation of her character, but what really hit it home for me is the start of one of the episodes later on where it shows Sylvie as a kid and she's yeah. just playing with some toys and then she just gets picked up by TVA agents and her home is just disintegrated. Yeah. Like, it... And it's... 
awful. Like, they show her going through all of the same things that, uh, that Loki went through. All of the dehumanizing bureaucracy and the robot machine and <laughs> all of that stuff. And, but as a but, kid. But the difference is she is, like, 10 years old. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Like, actually 10 years old, even though Loki, our Loki, Tom Hiddleston, he's not, like, 40 like Tom Hiddleston is or however <laughs> old he is. He is, like, 400. <laughs> like, they're really old. Or maybe even, like, thousands. Gods. I don't know. Yeah, they're maybe really they're old 1500. people. I think that's, that's the number <laughs> that I remember from some comic. Yeah, maybe. But she's, like actually 10 yeah <laughs> actually 10 it years old terrible. and that's fucked yeah but everything is leading up to them getting in this house at the end of time and we kind of see it in the episode before but the finale we go inside and mm -hmm. the first thing we see other than some statues is and cool architecture minutes and she's like the hello terror she's terrifying <laughs> and you you've always been suspicious of her i remember like when the trailers were first coming out you were like i don't trust that clock woman <laughs> and the marketing was pushing that too i yeah. loved that it's great <laughs> it um and no she's terrifying she's so startling to be in this like super dark decaying castle and then just have this bright cartoon clock talking at you in a southern accent like <laughs> stop <laughs> and she's just like oh y'all were meant to be here yeah <laughs> it's creepy as hell mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think and before we see he who remains miss minutes offers them like the infinity stone a throne for themselves yeah something like that Oh, she great. offers Loki all the Infinity Stones and a throne, and she offers Sylvie a normal life, which is historically what they've all both wanted. <laughs> which, that tells you right there which one of these is the villain, <laughs> which one wants a throne and all of the power, and which one just wants to live a goddamn life. <laughs> that they were robbed of. Yeah. Um, but I mean... And... I. I guess we can talk about it now. There's a lot of ick surrounding Jonathan Majors because we don't know who the guilty party of his, the whole thing. I don't mm -hmm. really want to get into it, but we just have to kind of say it because it, it exists. It's there. Yes. Um, it's not that great. All, yeah, it's not great at all. And I hate saying it because, my God, he nails it. He's so yeah. good. No, he's Kang. he's so good in it. And I ugh. <laughs> I mean, he's I, in season 2. I Yeah. Oh, unavoidably. Unavoidably his face mm. is plastered all over it. Um is he still arrested? He got arrested, right? But did he get released? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure he's released. I don't know a lot of the specifics, but yeah, it's still up in the air like the the court never found a verdict yet so yeah i think they are on trial or going to trial something like that mm -hmm. um but uh we do not support jonathan majors um at this time when we don't know no uh who's guilty of what we don't uh just because we enjoy this show <laughs> and his yeah. acting does not mean that we support him as a person or um Anything that he has done or allegedly and, done. Yeah. We can't say too much because, yeah, it's still up in the air. But yeah. this being Loki and him being a star of it, it had to come up. 
sadly. Mm-hmm. But moving on from that, we can just talk about He Who Remains as the character. Yes. Because this man at the end of time with all of the answers is so interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was a very hard um, line to toe because in any other show, introducing this one crazy guy at the end of time <laughs> in the last episode of your show um, would be anticlimactic and a little <laughs> bad. But this character is so perfect for this um, for this situation. Mm, right. everything to do with uh how he who remains acts and behaves and um just sees the universe is incredibly interesting and i mean i feel like the moment that i saw him my first thought was oh my god that's kang we're doing this marvel is finally doing this i can't wait to see all of this but if you put it all in a vacuum, it doesn't matter. It's still so climactic and you get to see this, well, I mean, what this show has been leading up to this whole time, which is just someone with all of the answers and they're laying it out on the table. Just like, yeah, this whole adventure you went on, I I wrote out exactly what you were going to do. I know every step. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved seeing all of that. Yeah. Um. He who like, there were a lot of complaints when the show uh, first came out that oh, it's no fun to just have a bunch of exposition in the last episode with uh you know a slideshow basically, and I'm like, <laughs> just because it was um, just because it was done with visual uh, exposition that was done with visual aid doesn't mean it's a slideshow and doesn't mean that it's bad. This was done very well. Because mm-hmm. it was all in service of the characters of Loki and Sylvie and the decision that they had to make at the end of this episode, which was to kill he who remains um, and have the multiverse exist mm-hmm. and it have multiple open. And, yes, and have infinite number of Kangs come to conquer the universe. Um, or to for them themselves to take over uh the TVA and tell everybody what has been going on but to keep pruning the timeline. Right. Um and that was a tough decision <laughs> and one Loki wants one thing and one Loki wants the other. <laughs> I think it's even clarified in the season 2 premiere Loki didn't even know, Tom Hiddleston Loki didn't even know what he wanted in that moment. He was just like, yeah. I, I just want time to think. Can I just no, think no, about he this? No, was, no, he was absolutely saying just that. He didn't know what to do. And I fully believed him that he didn't want the throne. He didn't hmm. want, I because I believe their relationship and I believe their chemistry, that what he just wanted was for Sylvie to be okay, mm. which is what he said. Um, and even my reading of it was maybe a part of him wanted the throne, but more of him wanted Sylvie to be okay. So obviously yeah. he was prioritizing that. But the way that he was looking at it is that he believed he who remains. Um, Loki believed what he was saying and thought 
okay, so doing the right thing and me getting the throne is not mutually exclusive. This is the best case scenario for me, Loki. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe he was right. Who knows? <laughs> um, and it really smacks you in the face. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but right before they, like, cut to black for the end of the season, Loki's talking to a new Mobius, and he's saying, like, an infinite number of the most dangerous man is coming after us. We need to prepare. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, this is this is happening. This yeah. is real. Well, because Sylvie does end up killing He Who Remains and mm. releasing the timeline releasing the universe creating the multiverse and i remember um, that distinct shot where she stabs him and i remember being disappointed by it because we don't even see the blade go in or the blade at all but i on rewatch i love how disappointing that is because it's disappointing for sylvie yeah as soon as she stabs him and it's over yeah it's supposed to be it's not supposed it's cathartic for a second and then you're like <laughs> Did I make the wrong decision? <laughs> oh shit! And uh, it's not—it's not about like Kang dying or he who remains dying. It's about Sylvie's decision, and I—I I really liked that. Mm -hmm. And that leads us all the way up to last night, which was the season two premiere of Loki. And it picks up right off where yeah. we left. Now, before we get into talking about the episode, what did you think of it? I loved it. As soon as we got into the episode, within minutes, I was right back into it as if we had never left this show. And I mm -hmm. loved that feeling. The, the cinematography, and I feel like it's a step up in the production value. Everything looks so specific to the aesthetic that they've chose, and it just works. Mm -hmm. But what did you think about it? Um, I also loved it. I thought that it was uh, very tonally in sync with the rest of Loki. It didn't, it, uh, and this is, you know, it, obviously other things can happen with the rest of the season, but this is always a fear of, oh, you have one season that succeeds. The second season, they're going to be like, oh, this was so successful. Let's, let's change up everything about it <laughs> or let's keep it exactly the same because that's what the success was. And yeah. I don't think it's doing either of that. It is very much staying in the aesthetic and the tone of the first season. It's very funny, but it's also weird and scary <laughs> and mysterious. Um... But they're introducing new things already in the first episode. They're introducing new concepts, concepts mm -hmm. of time slipping, introducing new characters, Ki Hui Kwan, introducing... Uh, so glad I they love. got him. Oh my yes. goodness. He's absolutely hilarious. I, I, He came in and he entered... I saw him in the trailers, obviously, but right. the first thing I thought when he came on screen was I was like, he's basically Data. He's basically <laughs> just Data. He is. <laughs> Uh, but he's like, he's innocent and fun, and he always ends up playing an innocent style character, but he does it so well. Oh, I love seeing him. And I hope he's, mm -hmm. like, he's in the title sequence, or the credit sequence. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in every episode. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to I, see I him. think he's going to be a mainstay of this season, mm -hmm. uh, if not more. 
And we do see other characters like uh, Hunter B-15 in this episode, and Judge Ramona Renslayer is mentioned, but we don't mm -hmm. see her. And we see a whole bunch of, like, officials of the TVA. Uh, yeah, a bunch of new TVA people. Um, I, I have no idea what the actress's name is, but she was just in the new season of Good Omens, and she yes. was hilarious in that. And she's in the TVA now, and I don't remember her name, but she's there. <laughs> but they got a whole um, bunch of great people, one of mm -hmm. which has a weird relationship with one of the hunters. I don't know yeah. if it's a mom and son or if they're I lovers. I don't know. I hope it's not both. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the lady from the Vavitch. The what? <laughs> Have you seen the Vavitch? Oh, no. I thought you said the bitch. <laughs> I was like, what? No, what's the Vavitch? Oh, it's I think it's just called the Witch, but I, but it's sometimes oh. it's spelled V V. But it it's um I think it's an Ari Aster one. Oh yeah. I've seen the logo for that movie. I think I know mm. which one you're talking about. But no, yeah, I haven't I, seen that though. She she's a great actress. Can't wait to see her in the rest of the show, despite mm -hmm. her relationship with a hunter being very mm -hmm. weird. I already don't like that hunter. Um <laughs> yeah. in my in my head, you called him Hunter, and that's the only reason I'm calling him that. In my head, I had classified him as annoying white guy. So <laughs> yeah, That's fair. That yeah. works. <laughs> they immediately introduce him, and he's like, hey, you guys got to come downstairs. And I'm like, wow, you're introducing an asshole, aren't you? No, like Just his right first line was, yeah, his first line was like, Mobius, what are you, what, what are you yearning for this jet ski or something? And I was like, shut up, man. Way to make a bad first impression. Jesus As a matter Christ. of fact, I am yearning about that jet ski. <laughs> yeah. So Loki is, uh, he, he comes from He Who Remains. Sylvie pushed mm. him through a time door, whatever, right? And he tries looking for Mobius to warn him. This happens at the end of season one, but to warn him about um king coming and mobius doesn't recognize him so in this episode we realize that he is not in a different alternate universe of the tva he is in the past of the tva he is time slipping this is something that i assumed mainly from the trailer and even the end of the first season was i thought that he was in a different universe and i thought mm -hmm. that him kind of time slipping was just a live action way of showing the glitching from Spider-Verse. Oh, I just straight up assumed that, but I love how it's moving through time. And we learn that he's moving back and forth from the past back and, and the future. Yes. I was not expecting that. I was expecting him to be in a different universe. And then he comes to the, the universe where Casey recognizes him and he sees the logo on the floor with the... Crack, crack that he caused from crashing and letting a woman die by the way and i was like <laughs> no Same she, old Loki. she zoomed off he was she, like, she's, she's alive <laughs> no she didn't she crashed <laughs> i'm fairly certain that flying truck went back up in the air it, there was a crash didn't you hear the crash sound effect oh i didn't hear that dude <laughs> I'll, we'll have it, to re crashed, it. it crashed and then he went she'll be fine <laughs> oh no well i mean same that's old, loki same old loki you <laughs> yeah, yeah. know that's what you gotta love him. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so he killed some woman and caused a crash <laughs> in the TVA. And um, 
then in the in the different time that he's in which we learn is the future casey's like oh that's been here for as long as i can remember and loki comes to the conclusion not only is this the past but mobius and casey don't and hunter b15 don't remember any of this so their minds were erased mm, at again some point. at an, another time this introduces a lot of stuff that's going to be answered throughout the season but yeah. i just kind of want to ask the questions to put it out there like if he's moving through time is someone doing it to him or is it just because he's actually broken physically in time i i can't wait to find that out or i don't is, know yeah like a more specific question that we could talk about is him going to the past is that actively changing the future as it's written or was it the kind of time travel that was always meant to be like it always happened yeah well okay so here's what i'm thinking i don't know why it's happening exactly, but I don't think someone's doing it to him. My theory originally was it's happening because when he went through the time door, it was at the time when the universes were in flux and when everything was changing. So he got stuck somehow. That that definitely makes sense to ripped, me. Yeah, being ripped through uh time and it looks very painful and mobius does not um does not scare him from that it was so funny <laughs> he was like i can't keep looking at it it's terrible i just love owen wilson's comedy style he's so funny and then they pan um, to the other person in the elevator and like, uh, yeah it's pretty bad especially because that bit was in the trailer without the other person in the elevator yes. and then just like watching that you're like oh i think i know what's gonna happen and then they're like there's another person in this room <laughs> the whole time and you're like oh god damn it <laughs> we talked about it very recently but it felt like Shaun of the dead at the, the beginning of it where the, when they're at the bar yeah and they just cut to the new people but um, yeah the, the comedy in this we haven't really talked about that either it's but so funny loki is very very funny and I feel yeah. like a lot of that comes from just Owen Wilson being Owen Wilson. But Tom Hiddleston is also really funny. Like, he showed yes. that in Thor Ragnarok. And even though this version of Loki has never experienced the events of Thor Ragnarok, I think it's definitely taking that version of Loki slightly more. Not, mm, not version, but that potential that loki has mm, for comedy yeah, this, this new protagonist yeah and it makes it very interesting and fun show to watch yes but i felt like a lot of this episode and i this feeling was replaced with intrigue about the new season but for the first like 10 or so minutes i felt this was like an episode 10 to a game of thrones where we were wrapping up a lot of the stuff that we saw and just tying up all of the loose ends and that feeling was dropped immediately first once we saw the new council of the tva and new heads but mm -hmm. also when loki went into the future and saw sylvie and the phone ringing i was like oh mm -hmm. this is this is set up we're yeah. we're gonna see this later on in the season in definitely different definitely i also think the past is set up too i think this was my thinking that the reason that all of the TVA agents are going to get their memories wiped and the reason that all of these statues of Kang get covered up and, or replaced and replaced with the myth of the timekeepers is mm -hmm. definitely going to have something to do 
with Loki, um, with the Lokis, yeah. you know? We're definitely going to get a timeline of the whole TVA. Or uh, we're going to see it all. I don't know. I'm really excited. It seems <laughs> very interesting. Um, I don't like Sylvie's new haircut. I'm just going to say oh that God. right now. I hate it. But it's supposed to be from the 80s, and I, yeah. I respect that, even though <laughs> She's I trying to it. fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I do have um, some speculation. Yes, I was just going to ask. Okay. <laughs> so... I mean, first off, who was on the phone? Not necessarily as important as who pruned Loki. Loki did. I think yes. it was Loki. I, I, yeah, I have two was, answers. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Renslayer because we haven't seen her yet. She could be in it. But it is definitely Loki and he's going to do it mm -hmm. to himself in another yeah. episode. Later I don't on. think it's I don't think it's Renslayer. I think that when Sylvie says, oh, there you are um she says it to the loki she's looking at but she also it ha is waiting for loki obviously so i think whoever and whoever did it obviously saved him like we know that yeah. they saved him i don't think they would have thought i'm killing him right now <laughs> i don't know um and it would be like but, fulfilling a prophecy if it was himself yeah i'm i'm convinced that it's that it's him mm. um that was a, my first thought as soon as I saw it happen. I was like, oh, it's him. He did it to himself. Awesome. Uh, it's like, are we going to see? No, we're, we're ending yeah. the episode. But I think I first we see a bunch of ground forces going after Sylvie. But yeah, that that is the big ending of the episode. Yes. And I don't know if... Hmm. I don't know if the show is setting it up to be as much content for speculation as... This is what the story is, and it's going to unfold. I don't think it's mm -hmm. necessarily fishing for a mystery, but... It's more it intrigue seems... about yeah. skipping between the past and the present and the future, yeah. and this whole narrative is going to exist bouncing between those. And I can't yeah. wait to see all of that. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Very exciting times. Very exciting show. We love Loki. <laughs> mm -hmm. But with that... Let us move on to the consumption corner where we're just starved for content. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> so I got a couple things that I completely forgot to mention in the past couple weeks, but I feel like I, it might as well mention them. I finished the final season of Sex Education. Fantastic. Oh, incredible. I can't believe I didn't mention it. I rewatched the entire thing in preparation for the fourth season. So good. Everyone should watch Sex Education. Yeah. Every single person should watch Sex Education. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> There's only one bad thing about this show. And that's that the show didn't end with Otis and Ruby together. I got to get that out oh, there. Oh, <laughs> you're an Otis and Ruby oh, I very shipper. Much am. Really? Even I after that. the way even after the way he treated her in season 4? Otis has always been an asshole. Yeah, Otis is an <laughs> asshole. Ruby deserves better. <laughs> maybe honestly that yeah she does i mean better, well kind of but... she's kind of also an asshole but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i other than that this show is fantastic yeah but i'm i'm not even an otis hater i'm sorry you got me started i'm not an otis hater but but i, I probably said. am i honestly i i'm a little bit actually of i hater. i think i am too honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't want people to come for me i'm not an asa butterfield hater but otis no. Otis is the definition of a teenage boy, and I historically do not like teenage boys. 
he he's just very very much a teenage boy yeah that, mm -hmm. that's the best way to sum it mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. but something else that was fantastic that i forgot to mention is last week i watched the movie bottoms and oh, oh. my god sasha you just you're just mentioning all my favorite things aren't you <laughs> bottoms <Yep>. no <laughs> the movie the movie the movie <laughs> <laughs> The movie reminded me so much of if you've seen the show Atlanta with um, Donald Glover. No, I Donald haven't. Glover, I, yes. Whoever Childish Gambino is. Yes. But it, just like <laughs> the surreal, I can't even explain it. it. It feels like this world that we're in, in Atlanta or in Bottoms, it's this hyper real existence where everything makes sense and everything is explained and it comes from some sort of reality. But then every once in a while, we just completely break that and it is hilarious and I love yeah. seeing it. Well, well, first of all, I don't know why you doubt yourself. That man is Donald Glover. Is he? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking of the guy from Lethal Weapon. He's also something Glover. Oh, okay. I don't. There's I don't a Danny know. Danny and a Donald. I've never seen Lethal Weapon, but I've definitely, I definitely know who Donald Glover is, and he's Childish Gambino, and he's Troy from Community. I know who he is. Yeah. Um, but the I older haven't... one, sorry, Danny, he's the one who says, I'm too old for this shit. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Makes sense. I haven't seen Atlanta, but I, I it's been on my list for a while, and I need to. Um, it's great. But Bottoms is such, such a good movie. It is diving into a market that is, you know, very rarely seen in uh movies that actually make it to the theaters it is mm. a like a raunchy high school comedy like it's so like self-deprecating it oh seems my God. out from the 90s except it's queer focused and it <laughs> like the characters are terrible they're all terrible people it's excellent it feels like it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> yeah it was um, it's it's always sunny and um super bad Although yeah. as as I started to go, I was like, "Oh, super bad is mixed with Fight Club, I guess." But yeah, kind of. Honestly, <laughs> it it has they make a Fight Club. They reference the movie Fight Club many times. <laughs> many many Bond. times. Uh, what a great film! But so it, yeah, good. what have you yeah. been consuming? I I have. Uh, well, we're gonna talk about something in a minute that we've both been consuming, <laughs> but um. I have been watching a. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before. I probably have, but I've been watching a lot of Dimension Twenty. It's, it's so good. <laughs> At first, um, I was like, "What's Di oh right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah." Dropouts, Dimension Twenty, the Dungeons and Dragons show, um, with all of the college, former college humor people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. And we we've talked about it just in person where we i have. i've told you that i just watch the highlights mm -hmm. but sometimes i i go in you got to watch the shows man hank green was on the last campaign oh. hank green played on it it was great he was so funny <laughs> he was spitting out facts left and right i loved it <laughs> It was excellent. I hope that was tied to his ability. Like it absolutely or was tied yes. to his character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't doubt Hank Green, my friend. <laughs> um, and and um, I I was rewatching one of their old campaigns called Starstruck Odyssey, and it really made me want to read the uh, graphic novel that it's based off of, Starstruck. Um, that is one that I think that you will like. Um, 
it is my recommendation to you for graphic novels, which never happens. <laughs> so read that one. I think you'll like it. All right. It. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I have also, right before we started recording this, I started watching um, the movie from 2014 called The Other Woman, starring Leslie Mann. And hmm. I think Cameron Diaz? I don't know. <laughs> But I don't know her name, but but Leslie Mann, definitely. Uh, because TikTok had been showing me tons and tons of clips of this movie for a <laughs> long time. And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. It's really funny. It Leslie is... Mann is so funny. Like, it's I was not... going to say, I, I haven't even heard of it. No, it's not It's not like a good movie. <laughs> oh. it's, just, it's just like a comedy. It's just like, you know, back when... People made comedies that weren't yeah. just bad movies on Netflix. <laughs> they were comedies that came out and people were like, oh, let's go to the movies. Let's see a comedy, you know? Mm. Back when, and before comedies nowadays, was... like good comedies are rare, but they do exist. But yeah, yeah back like then bottoms. it was just once once a year. Yeah. But, um, you know, now everything in the theaters, all the movies that come out are just like, you know, part of part of big IPs, part of extended universes and something that they can definitely make box office returns off. And I'm like, eh, sometimes you just want to go see something stupid. I mean, I'm <laughs> pointing my finger at something and villainizing it, though I did watch it and have fun. But all of the blockbusters nowadays feel like the Meg 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel to something you didn't care about, but you're like, ah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, I I am uh, still deep in my Percy Jackson reread nice. um, onto Sea of Monsters now. Uh, Percy uh, Percy Jackson's just great, and I didn't I didn't take me this long. I want to make it clear, it didn't take me this long to just read The Lightning Thief and then move on to Sea of Monsters. No, <laughs> I read The Lightning Thief and then I read Chalice of the Gods, the new one, and then I'm reading um sea of monsters <laughs> see i haven't even finished chalice of the gods because and we'll probably talk about this in a episode of its own but you got me started reading this professionally made fanfic <laughs> called all the young dudes you're actually reading it oh my <laughs> I'm god i'm loving it sasha oh my god i'm so happy oh my god i'm the happiest i've ever been in my entire life oh my god this is crazy oh okay for anyone who doesn't know, we we will be talking about this <laughs> so much. <laughs> but yeah, it's, my it's great. favorite my favorite book of all time is a fan fiction called All the Young Dudes. <laughs> and I'm not gonna tell you what it's about. Um, I'm not gonna say anything, but just just I'm so glad that you took my advice because it's such, it is a novel. Like, it's a crime that this cannot be published as a book and more people cannot read it because it is so profound and it is extremely well written. Like, And it's got it ideas is... and themes and yes! characters and yes! oh, it's, it's great. It's better than any book that I've ever read. <laughs> I feel like spoiling it just slightly so that i can get more people to read it but all mm -hmm. i'll say is marauders fanfic if yes. you get that then yeah get into it it's a marauders fanfic and guys everybody max doesn't even know that the marauders are a whole fandom onto themselves i will be introducing <laughs> him to that it's it's what? gonna be a wild ride yeah yeah <laughs> so i i guess 
I, I was going to talk about uh, the video game Spider-Man PS4 and Miles Morales, which I've been playing, getting ready for Spider-Man 2, but I feel like we should get into our opinions on Ahsoka. Yes, the Ahsoka finale aired last night. Um, and I will say this. This is how my day went today, <laughs> this morning. Okay, I wasn't able to watch any of the episodes last night. So this morning, I watched the new episode of Loki. Then I watched the last two episodes of Ahsoka because I didn't realize that I had skipped one. <laughs> um, and then I watched the three new episodes of Our Flag Means Death, which also premiered last night. Um, oh my goodness. I need to get to Absolutely incredible. Um, and let me just tell you, sandwiching the two episodes of Ahsoka in between Loki and Our Flag Means Death really shone a light for me on how... Hmm. Probably did a disservice to Ahsoka. Yeah, not boring, <laughs> not boring, but dull, maybe. Yeah, I How feel like I <laughs> my biggest was. note coming out of Ahsoka, and I really did enjoy it. I love a lot of Dave yes. Filoni's work. Was a lot of the lightsabers, and mainly it's when they're blocking blaster fire. It mm -hmm. felt slow until it yeah. wasn't for rare occasions. There was some duels in the fourth episode, and ahsoka and morgan elspeth battle in the final episode i loved mm -hmm. but other than that i didn't love the choreography no a lot of it felt slow um but i think that that is something that just happens when you're used to seeing characters cgi and you all of a sudden see them in live action that's fair um i think that that is you know it's unfortunate but also, also, you know, these actors are older than, you know, Hayden Christensen was when he did all those really, really fast lightsaber motions that look yeah. really stupid. So <laughs> um, I yeah. think that wasn't what bothered me about it. What bothered me and not that it bothered me. I liked the show. I enjoyed it. Mm. I like the story of Ahsoka. I like the characters. I like Sabine. I like. Ezra, obviously, I like Balin and and whatever his apprentice name is, um, Shin or something. I don't know. I think Shin. Yeah. Yeah, but it just it just felt so I don't know anticlimactic. Yeah. It was mm. because I was expecting it to come to a point, and either they're setting up season two, which I would love to see. It's not confirmed mm -hmm. yet, but I did a little bit of research, and. We talked a, a few episodes with the Ahsoka premiere about a movie that might be coming out that Dave Filoni is making where it has the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and it has all those characters. And it turns out that is actually happening. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Which I part of me is very excited to see that. Obviously, I'm going to go to the theaters and have a whole lot of fun seeing all the Dave Filoni characters coming together and Dave Filoni doing his thing. But I also want to see Ahsoka's story wrapped up in her own show. Yeah. And I, I would forgive it if season two brings out a lot of this stuff. And obviously they're, they'll have to recast uh, Balin's skull. Love Ray Stevenson, but if they want that character to still exist. And I feel like if they left it open-ended, it would be too open-ended for my case. Mm -hmm. But... Like, if season two does all that stuff and it continues the storyline, I would be forgiving. But right now, 
I definitely don't like how they ended it. The thing is, is like, it's not a problem for me with the villains winning. I actually like that. I was like, I think it's cool that Thrawn won. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, I love we that. Ha- yeah, you haven't really seen... Um, like a Star Wars movie where the villains won since the Empire Strikes Back. Like, I mean, sure, in Attack of the Clones it was <laughs> different, and uh, but it but it it what it wasn't as clear cut as this was, right? No. And as Empire was. Not that this is the same as Empire, but having your villains prevail doesn't mean that your story needs to be anticlimactic because Empire wasn't. And mm. lots of movies where the villains win are <laughs> not... Infinity War? Yeah, Love Infinity it. War was absolutely the last <laughs> thing from anticlimactic. Um, but this was. This felt anticlimactic. Honestly, I, I think a lot of the anticlimax came from the conflict between all of the protagonists that we had. Because mm-hmm. I was waiting for that to come to a head and for them to start clashing against each other yeah. in the sixth or seventh episode. And I think it's the point where Ezra just, he's just like, ah, something bad probably happened, but I forgive you, Sabine. It's just like, no, I want to see you guys shout at each other. I think that this felt less like a story and more like just a bunch of things that were happening. It mm. felt And they like were interesting and intriguing, but they, they were, were just but things. It, it didn't feel like a story. It felt like, oh... We have to get this person here. We have to we have to introduce the Star Wars in live action. We have to get Ahsoka to talk to Ghost of Anakin. We have to get Sabine to choose the dark side. We have to do all of these things, but it didn't make a coherence. Oh, we have to introduce witchcraft, which I'm so <laughs> sorry. But when they cast that spell and the stormtroopers got up as zombie stormtroopers, I was like, no. I was like, please don't do this. This is not what we want. Nobody I, wants zombie stormtroopers. I loved the idea of it. And I am one of those people that wanted zombie stormtroopers. But oh, really? like I said, the slow lightsaber movement and it felt like it, that moment just didn't work for me. When the stormtroopers got back up and they started clambering after them, I was like, yeah, this doesn't feel intense in yeah. any way. Like, I uh, love the idea yeah. of zombie stormtroopers, and I'm pretty sure Thrawn just has a bunch of corpses in that cargo, and he's going to use that to oh. further the plot in Season 2. He's going to turn all of them in, into corpse zombies. But... The thing is, the thing yeah. is, okay, if you're going to... inch, This is the problem with working with a timeline that's already set, right? If you're going to introduce Thrawn bringing a bunch of zombie stormtroopers to bring back (laughs) the Empire through, like, freaking four years after the Battle of Endor, first of all, we know that nothing is going to happen with that (laughs) because... Nothing yeah, happens. The until first order is what thirty rises. years later. Yeah, and but also, why does nobody talk about thirty years later? <laughs> hey, you guys remember when there was a bunch of fucking zombies everywhere? What? <laughs> <laughs> there was a Mandalorian and a Jedi and some Yoda creature, and they were fighting all the zombies. It was crazy. Like, I hope like, that we, we would have heard about that. I, Jesus Christ, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> it, it's it's gonna happen. I can I, almost oh, guarantee you. No. Part of me is excited. Still, I I have to admit it. Part of me is excited. 
But also I, I understand every one of the worries where like, I, I just want to see people's stories wrapped up in their own stories. The thing is, I was thinking about this while I was watching the episode. And I was like, okay, I was thinking about how much I enjoyed Loki and how much I even enjoyed some of the Marvel shows that I didn't care as much about. Like, I I love WandaVision and Moon Knight and Loki, but I still enjoyed Hawkeye. I still enjoyed Miss Marvel. I still, yeah. I didn't enjoy, um, I didn't enjoy Secret Invasion, but I still enjoyed Falcon <laughs> no. and the Winter Soldier. Um, and... I was like, even though I didn't like everything about it, and even the Marvel movies that d really missed the mark, I would still go back and rewatch um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and still laugh and still have a decent time, still have yeah. a fun time. But I will never go back and watch Rise of Skywalker of my own volition. <laughs> oh my you know? god. Never. I don't want to do that. It just makes me angry just thinking about it. And <laughs> it really illustrates the difference for me between the two franchises, the two big dominant Disney franchises, right? Um <laughs> Hey. <laughs> I don't know if we'll leave that in, but my girlfriend just she just got home. So funny. She was <laughs> she was going to say she just hi. She walked in and then backed out very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> She just said, sorry, you probably didn't hear that. <laughs> I did not. Um, anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> I don't even remember. I do want to mention how good Dave Filoni is in contextualizing a lot of the characters and their motivation, especially Anakin, like episode oh, four and five. I think, absolutely. no, just five, where we saw him training Ahsoka again. And there was a lot of the use of the volume that I didn't love. Everything was a little smoky, but I still loved that entire episode oh, yeah. so much. I thought, I thought it was a great episode. Um, and I, I remember my point now. But what I was going <laughs> to say is like, even though um, this, sh I really like a lot of parts of this show, like Star Wars just elicits different kinds of emotions in me and i think a lot of other people judging by the way fans respond to star wars <laughs> online um but you know since it doesn't have as many jokes or light-hearted moments star wars feels very serious um even though it's yeah, a it's show about space serious. wizards uh, and <laughs> movies and shows about space wizards it feels very serious you know marvel feels light-hearted and quippy and oh we made a mistake we're sorry whatever we'll we'll do better next time or we won't <laughs> but but star wars feels um it just feels like if we mess up that's it we're gonna go away for a long time until <laughs> people forget about it or they don't and I don't know. It's just a very different feeling watching this back to back with Loki. I think you're right. I think it did a disservice to it <laughs> because the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I'm not having as much fun as I was five minutes ago. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the comparison came up on Twitter a lot as this show is coming out, but it is a different type of fun. Whereas if you watch Star Wars, you can watch a not necessarily a kid's show, but like a kid-like adventure in The Mandalorian. Or you can watch Ahsoka, which is like a... It felt like an episode of Rebels, but live action. Or you can watch Andor, which is just objectively better. 
Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that because I had a lot of fun with Ahsoka and Mandalorian, but Andor is like we were saying earlier with Loki, but it's a cut above. If you haven't yeah. seen Andor, which I'm pretty sure you haven't. Not yet. I will. I <laughs> you got to watch it's, it. It's on the list, but like I said, it it takes it takes a really specific mood for me to watch <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> well, Andor Even season 2 is it. it's coming out in probably a few years. Maybe okay. then you'll get the drive to watch it. Yes. If we're still podcasting, we'll have an episode about it. Definitely. Um. Anyway, yeah. I oh, think that's one... all I have to say. Oh, go ahead. I have one more note because I have to get it out there that the episode titles were amazing. So was the yes. music. But I just remember the episode title for the finale, which was The Jedi, The, the Jedi, Witch, the and, Witch the and The Warlock. The Warlord, what a title. That's what it was. I loved it. I that was my first thought too. I saw it and I was like, okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm excited. <laughs> and then it I didn't I didn't love everything that happened. Yeah. But it was a great episode title. Mm-hmm. Thrawn's great, um, his music's great, all the music's great. Yeah, but other than that, I can't think of too much like, else to say. His eyes were like glowy. It was weird. Oh, it was fantastic. The red eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the red eyes on the blue guy. Really disconcerting. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have anything else um, that I want to talk about um, except keep on reading, Max. Keep on reading. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep on reading. And I'll probably talk about the Spider-Man video game next week, and then I'll mention Spider-Man 2 the week after because that's when it comes out. And oh my yeah. god, Sasha, I'm so excited. <laughs> but with that, this has been a painful time slip podcast. <laughs> Not a glorious purpose podcast. Oh, that would have been better.